Sing us the song of your people. Howdy, welcome to Snepisode 7-5-6. I believe it's 15. Uh, we'll go with that. <laughs> welcome to Snepisode 15 of the Where Are We podcast. I am the Coyote, and you just heard the bear. Uh, we are joined here today with Black Paws, Blue Wolf, and Tiger Acolyte. Say hey, everybody. Hey, everybody. Hey. So E. What was that? Episode E. Zero XE. E. It could be episode X. No, it's episode zero XE. It's hexadecimal. Thank zero you. X e. So what is, hold on. Anyway, tangents. Stop the gold. The goldfish brain is a real thing. <laughs> so it's been a while since we've recorded and uh, we're having some technical difficulties with our next episode, which we'll discuss later on. So this is going to be kind of a slice of life episode and just kind of like how you guys been. Uh, well, as is usual, uh, remarkably stressed, but resilient. Um, I've been back in school the last uh, year and a half or so, and I am saddled with the professor who is considered most difficult in the math department, um, not due to the actual difficulty of the work, but the sheer quantity of it. So uh, that coupled with work stress, life stress, personal stress, etc. It's been, uh, well, and the fact that we're in the middle of a global pandemic has been a real, uh, real mood killer, so to speak. So it's, uh, it's, it's been a time. But, but other than that, doing, uh, doing pretty well. What's up with the whole pandemic thing? You'd think we'd be over this by now, you know? Uh, well, that is a big topic. Okay. Cancel, you really cancel. want to open up that can word can word can of worms. Can of words? No, never. <laughs> Dear Snappy. Uh, all right, what about you, Blypaws? Huh? Well, getting along. Been trying to take better care of myself, get over the uh typical robbing of the typical robbing of the sunlight this time of year, but Ooh, yeah. Got stuff to look forward to. I'm gonna Visit home for the first time in over a year. Some other not so good stuff. That's probably not, that's probably not uh, interesting for the stomachs of the general audience. But but overall, overall, not too bad. You're actually leaving in about what forty five minutes to go. Uh, is that the plane flight you're going to catch? Uh, um, no, I'm I'm meeting. Uh, I'm meeting okay. some folks to uh, to pick them up. But yeah, about about that time. Uh, Remember when you could meet at the gate? Yes, I, I do. do. I do. Uh, Pepperidge Farm remembers. Wait, is that is that not a thing anymore? What's it like yep. now? You had to wait outside the security checkpoint. Yep. Ooh. You know who had security checkpoints? West Berlin. <laughs> East oh, no. Berlin. I guess we're going there too. Oh, sorry, I was a you know <laughs> the eighties were big in my background. All right, Blue, how about you? How are you? Well, since we're talking Same. about security, security oh, checkpoints. No. Oh no! What? Go for it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, one of my former bosses, uh, one of my early career jobs, took a trip through Southeast Asia, and uh, two funny stories. One, his passport uh, photo had him with a full beard, but it wasn't really a full beard because he he 
kind of brush one side when he was thinking, so it was kind of thin on that side. It didn't look quite right. Um, and uh, then he was clean shaven when he went through. Got stopped in China, and they were just shaking their head, looking at the passport, and looking at him, saying, "Uh, uh-uh, uh, not the same guy." Mm. Um, not good, uh, especially when they come out with Kalashnikovs and, you know, like escort you away. Wow. Um, he also remembered uh, walking through. I think it was in Nepal, walking through the metal detector, and then realizing he was wearing his belt buckle, and said, "Why didn't that work?" And looked and saw the power cord to the metal detector was laying on the floor. That's sus. Yeah, so that was uh, that would have been late '90s, pre 9/11. So way back in the day, though. But yeah, other than that, getting by, working a lot. Uh, we're going through some changes at work. Nothing directly impacting me as much, but some people above me, yes, getting shuffled around and stuff like that. Been busy with that. Took a took a semester off from my studies, and been trying to enjoy the fall and enjoy Halloween. And we went down to Renaissance Festival, enjoyed that. You know, just kind of getting by and, you know, doing bits and pieces and things here and there. It's just uh, kind of been plugging along, honestly. So nothing of major consequence, but, uh, you know, at least not in my mind because it hasn't been major, but definitely not your prototypical year, though. I did just finish up with a work trip not that long ago and found out the day that we got back. I was in the car with somebody who was tested positive for COVID. So uh, I did get tested, and uh, I tested negative. So I believe I'm a replicant. I failed the test. Yeah. <laughs> for now, I'm just kind of in you know self-monitor mode still, even though I tested negative, but I should be in the clear and looking forward to getting my booster soon. It's good to hear that you're in the clear, but I am admittedly disappointed that you took the semester off and you're not helping Barracks with this fucking homework. I couldn't I couldn't do the differential equations right now. I'm doing double integrals <laughs> with polar coordinates. I actually enjoyed that. That was a fun hey, way to do it. You're a monster. So you're trying to be a but, polar bear. No. Polar coordinates make so much more sense when you're working with circle circles. Oh, yeah. Well, no, of course, of course, but this is um this is doing like you have a sphere and you drill a cylinder cylindrical hole through it and you have yeah. to set up the and it's just but the, 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 don't it's do that in it, the XY. Don't do uh, that in XYZ. Polar is definitely the way to do it. But with doing it completely virtual is really rough because it's well, virtual I, and async. Uh, yeah, so. I will give you that. But I'm, I'm when you're working with round objects, polar is just the easier way to work with it. I completely agree. It, I, okay, TA, I have absolutely no idea what they're talking about. How have you been? <laughs> uh, <laughs> he was an engineer. I, I, I have no idea what they're talking about either. Um, I have been doing great. Um, And there's not much else to say on that. Oh, you don't want to talk about the recording we did for Blue? Oh, Oh, yes. (laughs) That wonderful (sighs) birthday present. Oh, you gave him a birthday present? The the bleeding just stopped. (laughs) Oh, Oh, you didn't hear it? I, I saw it linked, but I did, hadn't, hadn't realized it was a it was a a, a video clip. <sighs> I, you I need just, to go listen to it. I just can't even with you guys sometimes. We put a lot of effort into that. That was like what five minutes of effort. Yeah, no, ten, ten minutes, that's, five that's minutes. A lot. That's a lot. I, I, remarkable amount of effort for you two. Yes, it is. I remember seeing that and just going, "Oh no, what the hell is this thing?" <laughs> we uh yeah we we tried to drop the bomb as 
silently and efficiently as we could because we're cats. So <laughs> dropped in the litter box and left. Yeah. Okay. Well, um, so I tried stabbing a pumpkin and it stabbed me back. So I got like four stitches a couple days ago and it was totally not a fun thing. Um, so, uh, fun fact, my, my Halloween night was spent, um, wondering if I needed to run to the ER, but deciding to watch the Halloween movie, the original instead. So, but I still have my thumb, so that's that's a good thing. Uh, Blue mentioned the the Ren Fair. So Blue, you went to the PA Ren Fair, right? I went to the one in Maryland. Correct. I went to the PA. You went to Maryland. I've been to Maryland in the past, and that's a that that is a fun fair too. But you oh, didn't okay. go to the one show I told you to go to. I ugh, we're not getting into that one. You were supposed to go to Puke and Snot, and you didn't go. I'm not sure I'm, how to gracefully. I'm, I'm just. I'm just saying you, you're supposed <laughs> to go. So, I'm disappointed. So I'm assuming I, the puke and snot is metaphorical. Uh, no, it's, yes. it's the it's the act name. It's like an Abbott and Costello set. Got it. Very funny. My my introvert reserves ran out before I I got to the fair. <laughs> but anyway, um, not going to get into that. I I do. Um, <laughs> what is the one show that they had though? Uh, the danger. Danger. Oh crew. yeah. Um, uh, what's it called? I don't remember. You told me, and I I recognize Danger, Danger Committee, and they were like, so they were like throwing around knives and hatchets and stuff like that, which is really kind of ironic thing to sound really interested about after saying I stabbed myself. <laughs> it, but that was pretty cool. Um, so it was my first Ren Fair, and I, I think in one of our earlier episodes we talked about how like. Therians kind of like to do D and D stuff to not only just geek out, but also kind of feel more in their own skin too. So I was kind of wondering, like, what your guys' experiences were like with things like Renfair. Like, do you get that same kind of, uh, I won't say like euphoria or buzz, but like, how does that work with your therianthropy? Like, do you dress up kind of like yourselves, or are you able to act more like yourselves around the people and feel comfortable about it? I would say I don't dress up as much in, you know, from a wolf perspective. Uh, I've done a little bit of that in the past. Um, we did see a fox there, too. Uh, I'm not going to mention mention his name, though. It's somebody I did recognize. Uh, and a couple of furries were hanging around there, too. It was always weird. My wife got into some conversations with him, which is always entertaining. You can drop some of the masks you wear and be more uh, open and more yourself. It's a very accepting crowd. It's a very loving crowd. They want, they want to have a good time. That's their primary thing there. And yeah, there's some assholes and just like every, uh, every group out there has got a a cluster of them or something, uh, something like that. But 95% of the time you can strike up a conversation, especially if you're in any of the garb, which, you know, I, I did do some dressing up uh, as usual for me got my cloak it was necessary it was pretty chilly and rained a little bit not as bad as years past i've been through sleet freezing rain a little bit of snow blazing hot all sorts of variety there but yeah it's i i find it a really enjoyable experience to be able to go you kind of fall into a different world people aren't looking at you funny if you wear a tail or wear ears or anything like that um you can definitely take it all in, be a little bit more animalistic uh, in your behaviors, and no one thinks anything of it. It's just, you know, like, yeah, okay, cool. 
I've met a lot of great people uh, through it. You know, wouldn't be surprised there was plenty of Therians there too. But um, not to mention, it's always kind of cool to see like the the mermaid shows and and stuff. They've uh, uh, PA's got a permanent stage actually for mermaids. Ooh. Very cool, very impressive. I know I put some pictures in the uh, the chat here at one point, and my daughter was just all about that. They actually had a dragon mermaid this year too. Oh, okay. So her her tail was red, and kind of had these little flame things off of the edges and stuff like that. And she had you know some some fake teeth in, and her hair you know would just kind of flow all around when she was in the water. And um, it was really impressive. Not to mention, I don't know how they do it, but they're under the water for a good minute to a minute thirty seconds at a time. Yeah, I've seen some videos, and I have no idea how they do those kind of acrobatics while they're still maintaining that oxygen saturation level yeah it's it's tough it yeah i don't know how they're doing it but it's it's very impressive to watch them and i know that you know we had a conversation at one point i don't remember if it was on the pod or it was just a sidebar conversation where like where are all these people well they're out doing their own thing you know the especially like the mermaids they're out there trust me they're out there they're they're very visible but they congregate amongst themselves and take these opportunities to have that type of show and try to make a living off of it and uh i'm glad that we we are able to support them as well right through the little things that they do fair point i was just thinking about your original question about the whole you know pretending and stuff and i don't remember if if i've mentioned it on a podcast i don't think i have it was just in a in a conversation but uh i i am i'm not part of the furry community although you know i know plenty of people who are obviously uh through my years and when i thought about it if if i were then i don't think my persona would be a fox why not i guess it feels to me like the furry stuff is for fun right and the mood i guess doesn't fit into my my personal mood of uh you know how i'm trying to figure out everything out because your effort wouldn't necessarily be to like portray a character or something like that. It would be more about expressing yourself. Yeah, yeah, I guess. Almost like it's too personal, too intimate. It's it's too deeply a, something that is meaningful to you versus the more fun aspects of furry. I think so. I think that's the least part of it. Not to uh, you know you know put down what folks do in you know the furry community because you know obviously that it just feels right. so different. Right. Yeah, that that's actually one of the reasons I really don't have much affiliation with that community. I, I mean, I I enjoy some of the art. I enjoy talking with them. They're a lot of fun. I I love seeing the costumes or the suits and all that stuff, and seeing people live this character, for lack of a better term, you know. But for me, it was always like they look at me and like you're you're too serious. So <laughs> it's like you know, that's that's kind of what I am. I'm living a different thing, so I can certainly understand that, PP. So I think it, it answered one of the questions, too. You know, but I saw a fox at my Ren Fair. Blue said he saw a fox, but you're saying it's not you is what you're getting at, right? Right, Black Balls? As far as I know, I haven't astro-traveled lately, or at all. <laughs> or, so, yeah, that's, pro- that's probably a safe thing. I really want one of the furries to, you know, get that nice musky smell to their suit. Uh, you, you, you probably just turn somebody on blue stop it <laughs> or keep going <laughs> or, or okay you know what we're already past that point go ahead and keep going keep talking blue 
I kid, I kid. I, I, I don't have the I don't have the voice. You you want you want X to, to do any sort of a, a sensuous type conversation <laughs> here. He's just got that voice that just rolls. <laughs> yeah, and unfortunately I'm also demented and strange. So <laughs> uh, some people are into that. Well yeah, true. Rule thirty four, uh, I guess. Well, I was gonna say, don't 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 king shame because that'll hurt my feelings. <laughs> that actually came up in a, a work conversation today. Of all king things, shaming. someone someone said, "Don't kink shame." What is this world coming to? Never mind. Never. Well, <laughs> luckily, luckily, he and I have a very, both have a very similar dark sense of humor. He he dropped it. I laughed, and then he was like, "Damn, I'm glad you got the same sense of humor as I do." <sighs> it's not often that you make me sigh like that. I'm learning yeah. from the best. Back to the, back to the Renfair experience. I really enjoyed seeing like all the crafts that they had. I've talked in the past about getting into leatherworking, and, and I got a lot of good ideas from things that I've seen. Naturally, I don't want to like duplicate things that I've seen or whatnot, but um, some of the things that I see, I'm like, that's pretty cool. I think I need to kind of up my game a little bit and think outside the box. I, I do have to laugh because um, so there was a, I think the technical name is a furrier, right? Like it was a store that had a bunch of furs that were for sale and whatnot, too. Not sure, honestly. My mate and I went through and like we're browsing and perusing and I'm like, okay, there's so many things that I just like want to bring home, but gah, don't first off don't because money second off don't because these things screw with my life. I, I have to laugh because the first thing that I pick up, I'm like, this is an interesting pelt. Like I haven't seen one of these before. And the woman walks up and is like, oh, that's a Tanuki. I'm like, oh, <laughs> so I have to walk away slowly from that oh, one. Oh dear. Yeah. Um, then a, few minutes, then a few minutes later, like oh, we're going around and there are a few pelts that are on display against a wall. And I, I point out to my mate and I'm like, which one of those do you like the best? And damn, if he doesn't go over and like start stroking on the coyote pelt. I'm like, do you know what you're touching? <laughs> it's a it's a curse. He's he's cursed now too. It, there's no hope for him. Uh, if I if I could interject, you mentioned Tanuki. There is a film that would be probably interesting to listeners of the podcast it is a movie you know, anime i suppose would be the best term for it called pompoko from miyazaki so disney owns it now so it's um it's been um cleaned up because in the original film the tanuki use their enormous scrotums as like <laughs> um uh, all yeah. kinds of things like you know, they carry stuff in them. They pull them over their heads, like. But um, <laughs> the the Disney release, they call them pouches. But it's very obvious that they're not pouches. But they um, they shapeshift into human beings and and pretend to be human beings due to destruction of their habitat. And it's a it really is a, a well a typical Miyazaki, right? If you like, right? Uh, you know, any of the incredible other movies that Miyazaki's done. You'd probably like that one too, but it's it's about Tanukis. It's just Mananoke. <laughs> just sighing. I think from the uh, I think I actually know which movie you're talking about and I want to say that from the clips that I saw none of them were actually sexualized or anything. It's just that America can't see scrotums that Oh yeah, there's bad. nothing there's nothing <laughs> sexual about their uses of them. They're yeah. they're more like a a tool than anything, but you know, in the in the original translations and and that I've seen, you know, they were they didn't 
you know, didn't make you question your sanity when, you know, they, they grab their scrotum and pull it out and it says that they're talking about their pouch. It's like, that is not. That's just too much baggage right there. Not a pouch. Isn't there in the news recently some uh, European kids show cartoon about a guy with uh, yes. Yeah. Yeah. yes, yes, yeah. Europe's a, a lot more chill than the U.S. in, uh, in regards to uh, those things. Canada's a lot more chill than the U.S. I grew up picking up some Canadian stations. They're a lot more chill. Oh. All right, Black, I know you're on a shorter timer. Are there any things that you would like to say while you've got a chance to? I don't want you to feel like you're crowded for time. Huh? Well, I'm looking forward to the dissociative stuff because being here in the modern community, in, in, even in general, has made me realize, I guess, just how limited my, my perspective was, which makes sense because, you know, early days on the internet and everything, but apparently there's a lot more out there than I thought, ever thought, and, you, you know, it's... It's uh, I, I, I'm, I'm sort of glad we're not, we're not doing that today because I really want to hear the whole thing Fair enough. for that reason. And for those who are listening in and don't really know, um, I, I realize we haven't really promoted the next topic that we're doing too much in some avenues. We are looking to discuss dissociative theory anthropy, not dissociative or disassociative identity disorder, not DID, um, not things that are related to systems, things like that too, but more about dissociative experiences that Therians have. And I will go ahead and explain that a little bit more later on. I learned a lot about the different types of experiences out there. And certainly my own looking into stuff sort of began with that type of thing, at least, you know, hearing about the experiences of others with that, you know, who experienced that type of thing. So I guess I'm sort of catching up. I feel like I'm sort of catching up on something that I always knew about in a way. Okay. But maybe something that wasn't quite discussed as out in the open as some other things, maybe. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I'm going to mention this uh, when the time comes. But for a long time, I thought that was the definition of right. therianthropy. Because so, ma- you know, so many of the, the folks of in the HWW days had those kinds of experiences. Right. And it was kind of intimidating because it was so far out of my own, you know. That's it. I think it's a big reason why I didn't, you know, I figured, you know, that, uh, that, that I, that, you know, that I definitely was not for so long. Right. That's why I think it's uh, important. You know, part of this podcast is to hear about those experiences. Sometimes we focus a little bit too much on like the labels and definitions and we don't get the full story. So I think it is important that we're, we're going to hear more well-rounded stories from individuals and how it impacts them personally. Maybe that'll kind of help other people out too. Yeah. Yeah. I'm hoping, like I said, I'm, I'm very interested in this topic. So I feel like, you know, in, in lieu of my own experiences, you know, it's something that I have some experience, you know, with secondhand and have, you know, that little bit of personal connection with. So. Right. Oh, well, I was going to say, I, I have some comments on rent fairs. Because because I managed to make it to one this year too, and it it was for the first time in, gosh, probably twenty five years. Okay. I always kind of thought of them as this niche thing that hardly anyone went to, because the the last times I had gone to them, it was with the folks I played D anD D with, and it was very small and not a big deal. But this time, it was. 
huge. Thousands of people crammed in. And I don't, I don't people well. I don't city. I don't crowds. Are, are, those, ver- are those verbs? I, I'm going to say they're verbs for now. Um, I say they're verbs. Yeah, you're, uh, you're a Therian, so I think we understand anyway. <laughs> yeah, and I so I was kind of on people edge, on hyper alert patrol. When I used to go, I'd look for like werewolf, werebear, were stuff. I got a pin once that was like save the werewolves, help protect an endangering species, you know that kind of thing. And um, uh, an endangering species? <laughs> yes, an endangering species. I love that. Looking around this time, it, it's become so much more commercial and so much less niche. It's kind of uh, targeting a much broader audience. And I, I think I think my experiences are somewhat different than Blues in that regard, because he was saying he didn't think people would... Would uh, he didn't feel that people notice if you wore a tailor or whatever? But as I was walking in, there was a person in a fursuit, a whole fursuit, and um, they were getting heckled mercilessly by some of the other people who were walking in at the same time. Mm. And I was like, "What are these? What are these?" Mundanes doing here? This is right. You know, go back to your. I don't even know what I would send them back to, but they definitely weren't the kind of people I would expect yeah. to be going to a Ren fair. They were disrespectful and they were rude and oh, they were loud. Yeah. And it kind of set the tone for a lot of how I felt about the rest of the crowd who was there. There were some, some people there who were great, but the, the crowds in general were just not, uh, you know, and, and I think I, I want to attribute my feelings about that to my, being a Therian. I think it's very common for Therians to feel crushed in a crowd, you know, right. e- even a crowd that isn't that large. Uh, the worst place in the world I've ever been was Atlanta Airport. Ooh. Oh, yeah. Yes. Because you're literally put into sardine tin cattle lines and and uh, crushed in among sweaty, smelly other people, and it just really is unpleasant. Uh, it's like, it's like a half mile between the the concourses down there too. It's ridiculous, oh, it's awful, yeah, inexcusable. I'm still, still pretty sure that your description just turned somebody on, though, Bear. Stop yeah, it. Yeah, that's fair. <laughs> I probably should have made it more suggestive too, like sweaty, smelly, musky humans. <laughs> So I, I I will say bear that I I definitely can empathize with that. Um, have I seen it in the past? Yeah, I I've learned to tune some of that crap out. Uh, when I started, it you know I went to a much smaller fair. It was much more niche. It's been since you know the people who ran it for decades uh, and kept it very 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 strict rules. Uh, so things had to be handmade, and uh, you couldn't just kind of wander in and uh, you know uh, sell your wares. Of you know, you could, you could get it from a catalog or something like that. They really had a certain level of standard, so it was more expensive for one. But it created a much more en- encompassing environment, and the people that I met through that, you know, were great. And then I always knew where to go. Pretty much any fair that I go to, I've known where I can go to hide. 
and a lot of times I actually get, you know, kind of pulled back by some of the actors, even it's like, you know, yeah, you're one of us, come on back, you know, to the, to the more private areas. Things have become more commercial definitely over the last 10 to 15 years when I haven't done it as much, but you know, I've, I can certainly see that. I can certainly empathize with that. When I worked with uh, Black Bear doing the wrangling, we saw some of that too. But then again, you know, when you're comparing his Byron to a fursuit, there's not, it, it's, it's night and day difference. But he embraced the furry community out there too uh, in a wonderful way. So that for me, it, you know, how, how do you go in and how do you see it? And, you know, I wish. I wish I had caught some of those people doing that type of thing, you know, with the the folks that I saw in fursuits when we went. Uh, my daughter had a blast. You know, she just was like, cool. Right. But, you know, even the people we, you know, they 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 were chill with us. We were chill with them. That's kind of how I always look at it. I, I can certainly see you know, there's enough people out there to be dicks. There's always dicks. Always. So, yeah, that, that, would, that would piss me off, though. And do you really want a pissed off wolf? No. Not not generally. Unless you're Zeph. <sighs> it's a pastime, what can I say? <laughs> it just surprised me too because you almost sound like those uh used to be on the Flintstones, like the record player, the dishwasher would break the fourth wall and say, It's a living <laughs> pretty much. <laughs> um but yeah, I did I do a uh, since this was my first time, I don't have anything to compare it to. It was much more populated than I expected it to be, but I, I still had fun. Um, there were annoying people, but I think I kind of went in with the intention of trying to find the cool things and just ignoring the not cool things. <laughs> so kudos, though, to the employees, because many of them stuck to character pretty much no matter what was thrown at them. And I thought that was amazing. I, I, I definitely think that, yeah, if you go there with the spirit of enjoying and not necessarily getting into your own character, but just having that experience, you, you'll have a blast, at least at the, the MD one, for sure. Yeah, and I, I certainly, uh, you know, I, I mean, I certainly had a good time. Uh, I wasn't meaning to imply that. It's just that the, I, I just feel like the standards have gone down and the the number of people is way too high. And it, that seems to happen with anything. Once it gets discovered by the mainstream, uh, it loses its it loses its appeal. I mean, like buffalo chicken wings. If you want really good buffalo chicken wings, you don't get them in Buffalo. Yeah, you go to Jeremiah's on the south side of Rochester, best I've ever had, just in a questionable part of the city. Oh, that's what makes them extra special. But yeah, I thought it was kind of uh, talking about this is kind of bringing some things back to. I remember getting through the gates of the Ren Fair and then seeing someone who was in um, in gear that was most decidedly nothing to do with anything Ren Fairish or anything. It was just basically straight up bondage gear. And it's like, well, I I wasn't expecting to see that here. (laughs) So, yeah. I wasn't expecting to see it on full display in uh, P-Town, but then again, it was P-Town. You take the good, you take the bad, I guess. Hey, to each their own as far as I'm concerned. And now the Facts of Life theme is playing in my head. Mm. (laughs) Yep, I'm I'm of that age as well. I don't think Zeph is. Uh, You take the good, you take the bad, you take the... Them both. both! You take... 
you knock some stuff off of the table that's the fact of life. Or you murder my water bottle. I That was not me. That was TA. <laughs> it was totally worth it. It was. It was totally worth watching it, too. I'd like to thank everybody who participated in the Sketch Timber and Inktober projects. It wasn't necessarily fixated in the community itself, but basically the art community did a lot of uh, artistic projects. Inktober included Weartober, Gortober, all kinds of other crazy stuff too. And I saw a lot of really amazing art come out in the, the months of September and October. So kudos to everyone who gave that a shot. I think that my art skills got tremendously better just because I was practicing every day. It was good to see people going out there, um, getting away from the computer for a little bit and trying to do something creative. There are uh, actually, since it's November, the NaNoWriMo, the National Novelist Writers Month, I think it's called. That project's going on, too. Uh, if you are interested in writing, look around and see if you can find a group to join. Uh, I know there are several people in my circles who are looking for others to help inspire each other to write. Uh, I forget. Is, is it the goal of it is to write, I think, a 300 page novel in the span of a month, but I may be wrong with that one. Something Isn't like one that. Yeah. So basically it's um, sort of like Inktober was uh, the prompts gave you the intention to try to draw every day. NaNoWriMo is sort of giving you the intention to write a certain amount of words every day. So it's a pretty cool effort. Um, it would be really cool to see some Therian stories, especially experiences going on. Yeah, I've, I've done writing. I just, I'm never quite sure what to do, you know, how to approach it, you know, it's fictionalizing it is fine, but that sort of brings it, takes it further away from me, I suppose. And on the other hand, I don't feel like I've had enough of the real life experience to <laughs> do a lot with it. So it's kind of a, a dilemma for me. It's hard to say. I, I'm not doing Nano Remo this year because the last, I think, three or four years, I've been like, yeah, I'm going to do it. I'm totally going to write every day. And I, it just doesn't happen. I get to like page 10 and then I stop if I get that far. <laughs> so eh, it's okay. I've just kind of decided that if someone wants me to help illustrate some of their stuff, I'll go ahead and like do some kind of sketchy doodle with that. So I think that's kind of one way to support people who are doing the effort. Um, I just can't dedicate that sort of time to, you know, I've talked about my, like my anxiety with writing before. Uh, sometimes I get too caught up in the details and not enough in like the stream of conscious writing. So eh, maybe it's better for me to just not do that particular challenge, but find other things that are, are cool for me, you know? Yeah. Uh, I mean, I mean, it's just, it's a, this same with me, with, uh, well, in, in a sense, with with me and art, because you know, I know you know the, a good piece of art can really you know help ex, you know expand my mental horizons a bit. But like I said, you, you know, like I said before, it's just so hard to find the right mood of yeah. you know of style and stuff that that does that. You know, yeah. I'm the kind of person where I think I have to have like the muses have to smack me upside the face and then I'll be like, oh, OK, I'm definitely in the mood for this now. So hmm. if I don't have a specific direction to go in, I can suffer from motivation loss or lack of motivation. And it just I don't know, it ends up not being fun. <laughs> so but um, I am seeing a lot of people who are interested in it. Blaze is participating in it. He's not on the podcast tonight, unfortunately, but. 
Uh, if you are interested in giving him a nudge, I think he's doing it. Go ahead and give him some support. Uh, I know a bunch of people in the community are doing it, so yeah, yeah, I, I, some... I, yeah. I should I should ask him about how he how he you know I guess expresses himself and all that right. through his writing because you know, like I said before, I'm never quite sure what to do with it myself. And I mean, I think it's one of the good things. Um, if I remember correctly, the Nano Remo site will allow you to go into groups again for like supporting each other, and you don't you don't have to go with the big goal of writing like the three hundred pages or something like that. If I remember correctly, you can kind of set your own goals and go at your own pace. Again, it's just trying to inspire you to get into that groove and and to challenge yourself to produce that content. Um, <laughs> so it, it it can be a good opportunity, just like with the Sketch Timer and Inktober stuff show people what you're trying let them give you their honest feedback um their criticisms and share some of their skills and share some of what they've written too and it can be a good way to kind of get those gears going in your head yeah maybe i should go yeah. uh, i say go for it <laughs> i'm just not committing to it because it's it, uh, my life is just busy all the time <laughs> well if, if, you, if you ever get into the fox mood i might commission it sometime let me know okay <laughs> And then, um, well, I guess TA and I are kind of doing something for Nano Remo. Are you still there, TA? Okay, yeah, I'm yeah still you, here. You're, oh, you're laughing. Yes, does that does that count? Is is it's not like uh, that's not a novel per se. <laughs> it's it's a novel concept. Ah, <laughs> uh, maybe. Um, for those of you who are maybe not too familiar with our antics um ta and i have dropped a few just surprise projects on the podcast crew members and uh, there may or may not be more of those in the future wink wink sort of the equivalent of a pounce out of nowhere possibly wink wink nudge nudge working yeah, in here jesus <laughs> that was completely innocent how did you guys turn it into something dirty easily <laughs> But yeah, I guess so. We're we're still going to do some sort of creative writing project that y'all can keep your ears open for. <laughs> no, no, no. And now for Blue's birthday song. <laughs> <laughs> He's gonna cut it in. I know he is. Uh, maybe maybe not this time. I'm not sure. We'll see. Maybe over the credits. Maybe over the credits. <laughs> <laughs> so, what? Uh, any any kind of fun stuff like that that you guys have been invested in, or anything? Other than just the Halloween decorations, we normally do. Uh, mm. We did we did do um, Among Us themed pumpkins. Those yeah. looked really cool, by the way. I don't know if you shared them with anybody else, but those uh, were... I'll I'll make sure I get them in the chat. <laughs> and I guess, um, kind of like along the lines of. Uh, the Ren Fair things like how do you guys feel about Halloween and being able to express yourselves uh, maybe live out your therianthropy in a more visible way or feel like you're taking off masks oh I, I love it same I've been a bear many times for Halloween it's great being able to just walk around in public and not sit down and see my tail it's like hey it's actually there Yep, I've I've gone a full werewolf before, you know, kinder, gentler werewolf, not the snarly werewolf, uh, because you know, kids uh, having one. Uh, though now she would probably be very interested to see me as a snarly one. So uh, yeah, I I've I've always 
always loved Halloween. But then again, my whelp day is so damn close as well, so that doesn't help. <laughs> yeah, it's there's something about Halloween that feels different from the uh, from you know what I was talking about before. I'm I don't know what it is. Maybe it's the long history of it or something like that. I don't know. You tried to murder a pumpkin. I I the pumpkin sauce. Yes. Yeah. I'm just reminding. And, and and the original movie poster for Halloween, you know, you're trying to bring it to life, I guess. It does look like kind of like a pumpkin, doesn't it? Too, if I remember correctly, like the uh, I have to look that up. But yes, um, yeah. So knife safety is a thing. Everyone who's listening. <laughs> yes, make sure you use the right knife. Make sure it's sharp. Yeah, the, the I think that's the problem here, and it's it's I feel really dumb. Um, I'm going to own it though, because like with the leather craft and stuff, you know, everything that I'm doing is constantly reinforcing, make sure your knives are sharp because the number one way of hurting yourself is if you're using a dull knife, that's how something's going to go wrong. Sure enough, that's what happened here. So yeah, knife safety. It's, it's important. That's, that's our, um, motto mantra thingy for the day. I, I've received no response that the next time I, I visit that I could bring my whetstones. See, you know, I, I don't know. He said that it's my responsibility now to throw out all of our knives and buy really fancy, sharp ones. And I'm like, it is. And then I mentioned something about Ginsu knives, and he said they don't exist anymore. And then I, that just kind of blew my mind, and I just left the conversation. <laughs> but they're not a thing anymore, the Ginsu knives. Hmm. Get some real knives. I thought they were real knives. See, I don't. Uh, I don't know. K bar. Uh, That's a knife. You know, T A made a valid point. Why do I need knives if my fingers are knives? Yeah. Why do you need knives? Because it doesn't have the switch blades. Yeah, but that, that's that's a different movie franchise entirely. Come on. <laughs> <laughs> it's Seffy Cougar. Oh no! Wait, that probably turned someone else on. Damn it! Ch 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 ch, chuff 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 chuff. But yeah, I think it's. I, I have to kind of. I don't remember if I told my Halloween story here before, but um, I'm I'm gonna say it again anyway. And I'm sorry. PJ came to life and tried to strangle you. No, PJ. No. Um, well, he looks like he would. But it was. Uh, you talked about how you you'd like to dress up as a uh a werewolf but not too realistic or too scary of one and like it's probably about 10 years ago i i just went all out with my werewolf costume and kids were terrified to come to my front porch like literally screaming they had their parents coming up to get candy for them <laughs> i just nice it, it was wonderful good job Poor kids. They're probably traumatized now. They're probably not Therians. <laughs> Maybe I scared them straight. You never know. So there's nothing. There's nothing like a like a like a good hard scare on Halloween. Yeah. Well, see. Yeah. That's that's the excuse that I use when <laughs> when I cut myself. You know. Yeah, yeah. It's Halloween. We needed a scary thing to happen. So the next episode that we are going to, uh, I'm going to say this very tentatively because this keeps getting 
sidetracked. This episode is cursed. <laughs> this episode's cursed. So, um, the, uh, the next episode is um, an intentionally or intended to be on the dissociative experience that some Therians, um, well, experience. And to quote what Blaze wants to discuss in the next topic, uh, a Therianthropic experience where an individual perceives their theriotype animals as distinct entities existing within themselves, yet also having some capacity for independent action or expression. If we portray our therianthropy as a spectrum of different styles, dissociative would plot at one extreme end of the scale. In contrast, a fully integrated therian who experiences no shifting at all, like a contherian, would occupy the opposite end of the spectrum, and most therians would plot somewhere in between. So this is the general topic that we would like to discuss. Uh, we do have uh, we have one anonymous interview, and we have an interview from Azzy Mexi Wolf already. We are hoping to get some live interviews, and we're having a little bit of difficulty securing one of those. So if you are a listener and you experience what is considered or what you would consider dissociative therianthropy based on the definition that we just gave, feel free to reach out to us. Uh, you can reach out to anybody from the podcast or send an email to wherearewepodcast at gmail.com. And we would like to hear more experiences about that. Like Black Paws said earlier, dissociative therianthropy was once a much more commonplace understanding of what the experience was. Uh, I hope I, I captured that correctly, Black Paws, and I didn't get it reversed. If I would have tried to define it, you know, just based on the experiences of those around me back then, the definition would have had, you know, dissociative stuff to it. Right. And for some reason today, it's almost like it's it's not accepted in some circles that it's a possible therianthropic experience. And it also gets confused with some of the discussions on DID or disassociative identity disorder, um, things like systems. Uh, basically, we just want to discuss content more specific to the dissociative therianthropy experiences. Yeah, I would argue that it's probably closer to a religious ecstasy than a than a, a plural experience. And for reference, I should also include uh, again the the interview that you and Azzy did with Pink Dolphin on this subject because I believe that was ex that was uh, discussed. Yep. Uh, your personal experiences were discussed in detail on that one. So. We will try to not duplicate a lot of things that were said in that one, but we'll try to elaborate some where we can and kind of give a, a fresher perspective and more well-rounded understanding of individual experiences with that phenomenon. So um, it kind of like Black Paul said earlier, with some of the discussions that I've heard with other people talking about their experiences, I kind of wonder if some of my own experiences don't fall into that category. Uh, I, I never considered myself to be dissociative in that sense, but when I have an M shift, is that something that technically correlates with that in some instances? So uh, I think it'll be an interesting subject. Uh, again, if you would like to possibly be interviewed or, or hop on possibly with us, feel free to reach out to us. Of course, we want to make sure that you're someone who's participated in the community and you're not some troublemaker or something like that. So Hopefully things that seem reasonable. 
but uh, it is our intention to get that episode out in the next few weeks. So we're hoping to hear from some of you if you're interested in being on this podcast for that. I would also like to do a few things for community promotion. Uh, there are, uh, I promoted in the past the, the Therian Bedtime Stories project, and it kind of went on a hiatus. But if you go back to their channel now, they are starting to produce content again. Uh, one of the most recent stories that went out was narrated by Callisto Wolf. Uh, he had some of his experiences discussed on our last Howl episode. The, the project team is accepting submissions for more stories and for people who are interested in narrating. Uh, I've been asked to narrate one at some point, so I'll go ahead and give that a shot too. I just need to stop being lazy about it. So uh, the the episode by Callisto Wolf is definitely, it, it hits the target for like a, a, a bedtime story podcast. Like if you're, if you need something to help you snooze, definitely go for it. I'm not saying that in like a it's boring way, but the, it's just the atmosphere I think is spot on. And I definitely think that that's something that's it was really cool the way it was done. And I, I'm i glad to see that project starting up again. So thanks to everyone who's involved in that. And I will leave information in the link or in the description as far as how to contact that group if you want to be included, uh, if you want to offer any submissions, things like that. There are two other community pod or not podcasts, but uh, okay. There's another community podcast called Cheetah Chirps, which is being run by Bubbles. And this is more, it's so far, it's like an independent podcast. It's just one person, one speaker, but the experiences of multiple people are being included. And I think that's pretty cool. Uh, it is sort of like the Therian experience from a younger perspective. I think that it's, very important and very cool to have people document their experiences in this kind of format to get it out there to get other people to respond as well. So definitely give that podcast a listen and some feedback. Any any of the projects that I list out here, please do give them honest feedback. Uh, you know, don't be assholes about things, but I, I find that constructive feedback is sometimes you got to pull people's teeth for it. <laughs> so it's okay to approach these people, these creators and, and be like, Hey, you know, it might be helpful if you do this or to offer some kind of suggestion for content or things like that too. Uh, I think as a community, we can take that opportunity to support each other and, and try to make these things, you know, as awesome as we can make them. Uh, you know, I'd like to add, too, that I, I think it's great that we're starting to see more of these sort of unaffiliated, independent podcasts and projects that aren't, you know, they're not tied to some specific community, but they're really sort of the experiences of the people who are producing them. Right. And um, even more so, it's nice to see more people beginning to view Therianthropy not not through just saying, oh, I'm a Therian, that's my identity, and and more looking at it through the lens of I'm a Therian because, and then talking about the things that they experience or that have happened to them, right? Because um, I think that's a far more valuable lens through which to view it, because it allows people to see the breadth and depth of the Therian experience rather than just sort of the surface, which is revealed when one simply says they are a Therian. 
And I think this is something that's misconstrued in some places like Twitter, because there is the identity versus experience debate that's or not debate, but there's like an argument going on about how one is more accurate than the other. And this is actually kind of more what we mean. Like we just want to hear the stories about how, how therianthropy impacts your life. What are the things that you literally experience? These things are folded into your identity. Yeah. They impact, they impact how you maneuver in the world on a daily basis, how you get by day to day, the obstacles that you face, the things you're good at, like it, it's all the same coin. Identity is informed by experiences. Right. So uh, I, I, I just, I think it's really good to have people getting their stories out there too. And like you said, I think it's excellent actually that things are not affiliated with a specific part of the, the community or, you know, people should feel like they can get their voices out there and, and be genuinely heard. Uh, there's a lot of feedback about people don't, they, they don't want to be perceived as cringy and this and that and the other. Well, unless we get our voices out there, it's not going to do much with like mainstream perception of what we experience beyond that. Like it's, it can be very helpful for people within the community to hear these things and be like, Hey, you know, that's something that I experienced too. I think it's important too that the the loudest voices in the room, as we all know, are not necessarily the majority. And most often in the Therian community, the loudest voices in the room are those who are Therian first. They they make it their life, they make it their their existence. I think this crew here has got a, a much more balanced approach to it. A lot of us have professional lives and and uh, lives outside of this, but it's a, it's an important aspect of whom we are that we feel is necessary to speak about. So I I think that's something that should be encouraged too. And I like seeing you know I've, I'm subscriber to Cheetah Chirps and um, some of the other stuff that we've seen in the past. Uh, I'm I'm happy to see it. I think it's great. But I think it's also important to make sure, you know, to your point, Seth, other voices get heard. Right. Uh, it's not just one one set of voices here. We're not the only uh, canon out there. We're an aspect of a much wider experience. Correct. And it's you know there will be times where it's you know it we'll we'll have to challenge ourselves as a community too. Uh, one of the things that I asked for Cheetah Chirps was like point blank. As a younger Therian, what is something that is important to you that does not seem quite as important to a mature Therian? And like hearing some of these things will offer, I think, better context and better perspective for different members and different parts of the community to, to kind of stand back and be like, okay, you know, I, I can be mindful of that. I can understand that a little bit better now, too. So it's it's kind of about creating that larger narrative. It's it's, you know, we we are more than ourselves. And to that point, I think it's important to, just like with any uh, any awareness uh, and, and self-examination, that just because someone else is experiencing something different than you, be it an age difference uh, and, and things like that, um, and you may not feel that way or experience that way, you can respect that perspective and be con cognizant of it. So maybe you, you know, thinking of things like, you know, pronoun usages, a lot of people, oh, what do you mean pronoun usages? I don't understand that. It's a, it's, it's, it's a he, him, her, she, her situation. No, not necessarily. And just because you don't identify as that doesn't mean that you can't respect 
that from them. And it really is just a matter of showing respect. I do want to jump in here on that and just remind that there was a time where the Ethereum community didn't exist. We were all just individual people with our own individual beliefs about ourselves having some connection to animals in the capacity of regarding to ourself and each of us had our own ways of doing that it the only reason there's any kind of unified sense of theron is the fact that we have seen other people similar to ourselves and decided to form a community there is no unifying label of how theranthropy is supposed to manifest or be carried out. We are all individuals with our own experiences of how our, I don't want to use theranthropy because I'm trying to hearken back to before that label, but experiences of that, that we're just here under, under this commonality. There is no defining definition of it. I think one of the things that I personally want to see evolve a little bit through the community too is that along the lines of the the I'll make it I'll summarize easily respect goes both ways uh sometimes it's demanded in one dimension or one direction and it's not given back in return so I I also want people to realize that hey you know sometimes like it, there are some people that get extremely upset if someone doesn't seem to understand why pronoun usage makes such a big deal. In those moments, it may be an opportunity for that individual to step back and say, okay, well, why doesn't that concern you quite as much? In some cases, it might be multi generational, it may be societal, cultural. There's all kinds of reasons that it it may be an impact or or may not. And I, I think rather than people just getting outright frustrated and jumping to some sort of outrage response, it's it's a time and an opportunity for communication. So we need to start grabbing those opportunities rather than just kind of reacting in negative ways toward them. Agreed. And and mistakes happen. So especially for canines. <laughs> yeah, I, I mean, I mentioned I don't agree this, with uh, him. <laughs> yeah. yeah, like I said when I was uh, talking with Pink, Pink Dolphin, you know, I mean, it's, it's and I've, I said, said said this before. It's it's the expansion of horizons, I guess. Yes, you know, out out of the one little corner that I, I for example, used to know, you know, that's that's what I why I find the uh, uh, what's coming up so interesting, and you know. It seeing it how you know my experience coordinates or doesn't you know or, you know with folks today is 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 really fascinating to me. Uh, anything else to add, topic wise, or any elaboration on anything that we've said so far? No, other than other than just get out there and have fun, uh, find you know, be it Ren Fair, be it a, a con, be it a Howl, be it a. Uh, amusement park, be it a whatever. Go out there, have fun, connect with people, and you know that's the best way to to do this. We we have so much in of our <clears throat> so much in our online lives. Uh, I cherish the moments that we get the opportunity to get together, like at the Howls and stuff like that, and meet the meet the uh, people behind 
behind the the handle and and uh, all that, and just be able to enjoy those opportunities. Definitely. And now for Dear Petnomsk. <laughs> all right. Dear so, Patrick, what is uwu? Um, that that one broke him. That one definitely broke him. It, it, that's probably why he's not even on this episode. It broke him that bad. <laughs> For wrap up again, uh, feel free to email us at wherearewepodcast at gmail.com. I will spell it out in the link description. Reach out to us if you have any feedback for the podcast. Uh, like I was mentioning earlier for other content creators, if you have con- some sort of constructive criticism for things that we can do to make the podcast better or more accessible, please let us know. Um, we're happy to get, have that kind of feedback. If you would like to suggest any kind of content or like episode suggestions, things like that, feel free to do that too. But yeah, we would love to hear from you. Uh, we like getting feedback. And we appreciate for those who ha- who do reach out to us and give us uh, comments and love. Uh, okay, I guess that's a wrap. That's a wrap for tonight. Eartha Kitt was my favorite Catwoman. Okay, thanks. Bye. Well, she's better than Julie Newmar. Meow, 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 meow,